the Stuff of Nightmares podcast presents The Sideshow. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of The Sideshow. So on The Sideshow, I'm going to have guests come in. I'm going to tell them a story, whether it's out of a history book, whether it's out of a newspaper or an older TV show or something. And I just want to get their opinion on what we're talking about because chances are it's something they may have never heard of. And also, I'm going to try to gear towards people that don't necessarily follow or enjoy paranormal stories or true crime. And I just want to get their insight and see what their opinion is on the stories that we tell about. So this week in-house, we have Devin. Hey, Rick. How are you today? Good. How are you doing, Devin? I'm doing great. Good. So I'm curious, have you ever heard of Unsolved Mysteries? I'm not familiar. Okay. So Devin was born in the mid-90s. Um, I know that Unsolved Mysteries had late 80s, maybe early 90s runs. And basically what it was, it was a TV show on Unsolved Mysteries. Things that people couldn't explain, couldn't, couldn't find missing people, ghost stories, all kinds of things. UFOs. So today we're going to talk about one of them. The guy's name is Donald Decker. He's actually from Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. We're both Pennsylvania boys. Um, and it basically starts back in 1983. So on February 24th of 1983, a funeral was held in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania for 63-year-old James Kishaw. His 21-year-old grandson, Donald Decker, had been granted a furlough from the county jail to attend the funeral. He was serving a four to 10 month sentence for receiving stolen property. What he had not told people was that James had physically abused him since he was seven. He felt that the evil in his life was finally gone. However, it apparently did not leave, but instead manifested itself that night. So Don ended up getting mad because his parents would glorify James because they didn't know that he was being abused. Right. And uh, he decided to stay the night with his friends, Bob and Janine Kiefer. While they were at their home, he had an uneasy, chilled feeling come over him. So Don was able to stay at his friend's house even though he was being furloughed from prison. Yeah, I'm assuming that it was probably like an overnight furlough. Okay. And he had to go back to prison the next day. So do like officers, do you think officers had to basically escort him to these people's house and stay there? Or was there no police officers? Or Now, granted, you have to remember this was back in the 80s. Okay. Chances are, if, if he did something that was really bad... They wouldn't have let him out. But I'm really not sure if the police ended up staying there, you know, during. I would assume that with what's coming next, they probably just kind of left him, you know, in possession of his family. Right. So anyway, he had that uneasy, chilled feeling come over him. And suddenly, out of nowhere, water began dripping from the walls. He fell into an eerie trance-like state. And then after that, water started dripping from the ceiling. The Kiefers, they decided to notify their landlord, Ron Van Wy, and when he arrived, he was surprised at the amount of water coming out of nowhere. Okay, so there was a tenant involved, like an external perspective. So the tenant showed up, or I'm sorry, the landlord showed up, and he was there to witness the same thing that this guy in this trance, Don, yes. was. Yes, Okay. So at first, the Kiefers thought it was a plumbing problem until they realized that there were no pipes in the front end of the house. They also noticed that the water was not just falling downwards. It was also coming up from the floor and moving sideways. That's odd. So definitely defying gravity. Yeah, that's a little that's a little weird. 
Ron called his wife, Romaine, and the police. Officer John Bohan and Richard Wolbert went into the home, and they were shocked by the amount of water coming from absolutely nowhere. Okay, so now we have like five people's perspectives witnessing the same thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. So the police officers were shocked at the amount of water coming from nowhere. They were also even surprised when they saw it traveling horizontally. And even more strange was that the phenomenon was only occurring in the living room. So no other rooms that they walked through except in the living room. Yeah, like, I don't even, there's not even really an illusion that could exist, I don't think, that could do that. So, from my perspective, I mean, you have five people witnessing the same thing, and it's defying physics as we know it. It's just, it's odd. Well, and what would you think if you walked into a room that there was water dripping from the ceiling, traveling up and down walls, from the floor... But it's only in one room. You would think that there's a broken pipe or something in that room. You would think that there's a broken pipe, a bro- like a broken pipe, but beyond that, it's still. Why is the water moving in directions that uh, human beings can't understand? I agree. And the only other time I've seen that is in a movie where there was like a strobe light and there's water falling and it looks like it's going up. And this is in the 80s, and I'm sure no one was setting up strobe lights. So no. I, I don't, I don't. That's the only thing I could ever think of. All right, well, we're going to continue, and we'll see where else this story takes us here. <laughs> Sounds good. So the officers left to file a report with the, with the police chief. Don and the Kiefers went across the street to a restaurant. Ron and Romaine decided to stay behind. Right after the rest of them left, the rain and mist completely disappeared. They felt that one of the people that left was connected to the mysterious rain. Over this period of time, 23 hours now had passed since it all began. So, the Kiefers and Don arrived at the restaurant, which was owned by Pam Scrafano. She had visited the home earlier and witnessed the rain firsthand. She was convinced that the devil was responsible and that it was working through Don. Suddenly, the rain started falling in the restaurant as well. So, I just want to know, why did she just assume it was happening through Don? Like, how did she know that? I'm assuming because he was the only, maybe he was the only odd man out. Right. So or he was the was, first person to witness it too, right? Well, they they feel it was coming from him that he had something oh, I to do with saying. it. Okay, yeah. But now I'm I'm assuming I you know we don't necessarily have detailed information on you know when Don went to his friend's house was that girl there? Yeah. He walks in and all of a sudden stuff starts happening. Yeah, I was gonna say because I don't remember like I didn't remember in, earlier in this in the story development that she was just there. No, this is where we're first finding out about her is when they go to the, her restaurant. That's suspicious to me. It's like, yeah. So Pam gave him a crucifix, which started to burn it. She told them to contact the church to perform an exorcism. When Don and the Kiefers left, the rain stopped again. So whatever's going on is happening with all these people in the same room. I just, like, Don, the cross burning Don is really just odd to me. I mean, that's really just, I mean, that's something you see in a movie, right? Right. I mean, that is... I've never seen a live exorcism, but that is something that I feel like only like demons experience. It's just, it's just hate of crosses. So that's just, a, that's like a signal or a symbol to me, really. So back at the key for home, Romaine confronted Don about somehow purposely causing all of the problems. Suddenly, pots and pans started moving, and he was levitated off the ground. Then he was thrown violently across the kitchen. A few hours later, the officers returned with their chief, a hardened skeptic. He seemed adamant that it was a plumbing problem and not supernatural. 
Okay, so what about the guy flying across the room and the pots and pans going all over the place? Well, but he wasn't there to witness that. That happened before the police showed up. Oh, okay, so at this point, there wasn't already other officers there still. No, they had already left. They to go came get and the left. Police. Okay, I or see. To go get the police chief. Right. Okay, all right, now I understand. Okay. So the police chief ordered the officers to leave and not come back, not to file a police report. The next day, against the chief's orders, three officers returned to the home to try and figure out what was happening. One gave Don a crucifix, with, which burned his hands. The rain appeared, and he was thrown across the room again. The officers then noticed three claw marks on his neck with blood coming from them. The officers involved still cannot explain what they saw. Okay, so now we have police officers that actually saw it. Yes. And somehow that makes me feel like the story becomes more believable because for some reason when the law witnesses something, it's different than just a group of people. Yeah, and, and that's something that we are raised to do. Believe the police, believe right. doctors, believe right. the, the priests. Right. So, I mean... To some extent, you're right. I mean, like, to me, from my perspective, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, maybe I am raised to believe that way. So, but we, we shouldn't to some extent. Right, they're no. I mean, they're no different than you and I. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just saying that's that's. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. Right. If a police officer says I saw an unidentified flying object, it's just like you're not going to argue with them. Right. They're trained to look for certain things. Right. Yeah. And so. and they have some sort of place in society where you want to trust them. Right. So it's not, and it's also at this point not just that the police officers have seen it; it's that other people have seen it too. Right. So we have this whole group of people. Yes. So finally, on the third night. Ron convinced an evangelical preacher to come and attempt an exorcism. Other priests and ministers had turned him down. When the preacher began to pray, Don began to convulse violently. Those present seemed to notice a different feeling in the home. At the end of the prayer, the rain stopped and never appeared in the Kiefer home again. So it appeared that the bizarre incident was over. However, a few days later, Don was returned to jail to finish his sentence. While he was back in the jail, the rain materialized again. His cellmate was drenched in water. Two guards and a janitor reported seeing the rain, and this time, however, Don felt that he could control it. One guard told him to make it rain in the warden's office. Just moments later, water appeared on the warden's shirt. That's weird. So it's it's like he's projecting. Yeah, but he has like the posi- like he has like the ability to control it. Yep. Which is just that's weird. So a reverend was sent to the jail to meet with Don. A smell of death came through the area when, when they were there. He witnessed the rain appear in the area as well. It did so at Don's command. The reverend opened his Bible and it did not get wet. He prayed for him and the rain stopped. The reverend also performed a ceremony on him and eventually as mysteriously as the, the rain began, it stopped. The rain has never occurred since but Don and the various witnesses still do not have an explanation for it. However, he believes that it is something to do with James's abuse. Paranormal investigators believe that it was a genuine case. Hmm. So, in 2012, he was arrested and charged with arson. Although the incident was unrelated to the 1983 happening, some say the new arrest made him appear less credible. One researcher also noted that the incident in the Kiefer home may be the result of ice damming on the attic and roof. 
He believes that the melted ice may have entered the home, causing the strange phenomena. Although many are convinced that the incident was a hoax, others are certain that an unknown supernatural force was behind it. So I just don't understand why, you know, just what you said at the end there, why a group of people would try and cover something like this up. You know what I mean? Like, they're saying there it, it was ice, right? I they're, mean, right. But you, but you have, like, a lot of different people who saw the same thing. So I feel like just, just saying that it was ice in different locations is kind of, I don't, I don't see that as like a valid explanation for it. I agree. I mean, I could understand one room of the house. Right. Same. Especially at the house, you know, in the no. jail cell, in the warden's office. Um, that is just, that's just a little too much for me to think that it's just ice. I agree. Now that doesn't mean there's something that maybe he did that created the mist or whatever. Right. Um, like maybe he was just a, you know, illusionist, you know, like think about your famous magician type, right? Right. You can do illusions. Now, I mean, even then though, I don't know much about this guy. I, I'm not sure if he was pursuing the life career of an illusionist, but it is an alternative. I mean, it's an option. He could have, you know. Absolutely. I think when it comes to these stories where I like to think about, yes, I like to think about every possible scenario that could have existed, you know, to debunk it, but still in the back of my mind, I'm curious about what the actual reasoning is for it. Absolutely. So now we're going to fast forward to like 2011, 2012. So back in 2011, 2012, a New Zealand researcher, Robert Bartholomew, he said people should be really skeptical of this case simply because he believes that things were done that weren't on the up and up. He doesn't understand why people didn't videotape or photograph the events despite cameras and videotapes being widely available. Right, I was going to say, now you're looking at a perspective in 2012 from 1987, right? 83. Or, no, I'm sorry, 1983. So, I mean, how, how many people actually had cameras and video cameras in their home i don't know i didn't live then i was born after that i'm just saying like it's not as easy as it is now well i mean people had cameras and, and video cameras but it wasn't like a quick turn on like just slide up your phone right. and hit record right you'd have you to, to power take the, it on or... you'd have to take the camera or take the film yeah get it developed whatever but i mean that in my opinion that isn't something that is going to detract me from the fact that like six different people same. Actually, maybe eight different people, if you include the people at the prison right. and, and everything else, they were there and witnessed what was going on. Right. And at different, at separate times. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's not enough for me. He didn't understand why they didn't call the police or the, the local television stations to, to come and, you know, record it. I mean, that, like, I, I get it. But, you know, when these things happen to you in the moment, you know, your reaction, everybody's reaction is different. So, I mean, I might have been too caught. I would probably be too caught up in the moment to pick up my phone. And, well, I mean, now picking up your phone is a lot easier, you know, except for you're probably not going to call the local news station to do it. But back then, I don't know if that's the first thing that would have been going through my mind, right? Absolutely. The first thing that's going through your mind is where the hell is this water coming from? And we got to stop it. Yeah, especially because after that, it involves um, Don having a cross in his hand and burning and being thrown across the room like now it's more it's more of a physical thing than it is just an observation of of, of rain right so that's a little more intense I feel like that would distract me a lot more um but i still don't think i'm going to the phone and again bartholomew he wants to say that he believes that the water was coming in from outside of the house he believes that ice dammed up 
and because being in Pennsylvania, we get a lot of ice in the winter. Um, as that starts melting, if, you know, places are blocked for the water to go, it backs up and then finds crevices and can go in behind the walls and stuff. Okay, so let's pretend that there is ice. Why is the water going horizontally? Absolutely. Why is it coming from the floor and moving up the wall? Ice is not melting in reverse. And I can understand it if it just happened at the house. Right. But you, you can't say it's ice when it happened at the house, at the jail cell, and then in the warden's office. I think the warden's office is the icing on the cake for me. It's like, okay, if it's in a home, like you said, maybe it's believable because maybe there's more activity in a home. In maybe even in a jail, there could be more activity because inmates do pass there. But then when you get it in three locations um, consecutively, and the last one being essentially in the principal's office, it's like, all right, now you have really important people witnessing this. And it's, yeah, I don't know about the ice. So in your opinion, do you feel that this was a hoax? Or do you feel that this is actually a true case of something paranormal happening? So I don't, based on what I've heard, I don't see it as a hoax. However, the this was aired on a television show, so it, and this was in 1983, so to, to me, it's like, you know, information can be lost over time and as it's passed down. And because this was, you know, you said earlier it, it was in the newspapers and whatnot, and I just want to know, was it in the newspapers before or after the TV episode was recorded? Because It, it would have been before. Okay, so then the TV show caught wind of the newspaper article. Right. So I'm just wondering if the newspaper article was probably a more accurate reading representation of what's going on. And then, you know, obviously TV shows like to entertain people. So to what extent did they kind of stretch the truth? Um, I, I feel like reading the article would kind of help me, you know, separate, you know, the difference between what was actually recorded by the people versus what the TV show did to entertain people. Because now you're talking about, you know, people watching the TV show and writing their own renditions of what they've seen online and what they want to, because, you know, whether they believe it or not, they put their own beliefs into it. So overall, I don't see it as a hoax. It sounds very suspicious, you know. Um, if what we were actually, if the information we're actually getting is accurate, you know, there are things there that defy um, the laws of nature and physics as I know it. And for me, that's something to kind of flag a scenario like this and make me wonder what really caused it um but again i do feel like to some extent tv shows and whatnot do try and entertain people so i'm just wondering how much of it was changed over time and through the the entertainment part of it you know yep i understand that well ironically as i i was i was going through these these articles paranormal witness which is a newer television show um they actually did an episode on it and they have interviewed one of the police officers. I have not seen that, but I'm definitely going to take a look at it just to, to see if anything new comes to light. I'm um, sure there will be, especially if one of the officers was being interviewed. You know, I mean, that to me, that's also interesting, you know, but again, that's another television thing where it's like, you know, is this guy being, uh, is he being honest or is he being paid to kind of, you know, insert a word or two here or there to kind of make things sound a little more interesting, right? There's a difference between the style of speaking of, you know, that can draw someone in for their attention 
and you know hold their time absolutely so it's like you know on the air versus off the air it's i, I still feel like whatever they have to report now it's probably very interesting i just would like to see how different it is than you know the older tv episode the whole story is is baffling um i've heard this many times like i said the first time i heard it was with unsolved mysteries because mm-hmm. that was one of the shows that as a kid i watched it right um and it was interesting back then and even you know to this day you know almost 40 years since that happened and it's still as interesting to me now as what it was back then. Yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating story. It is. All right. Well, Devin, thank you for coming on and giving us your opinion. And, right. you know, we'll have to do this again. We'll see maybe a true crime next time or something and, and just get your get your thoughts on that. Rick, thank you. I do like true crime and I hope to be back again soon. All right. Well, you have yourself a good night. I love you. Uh, okay maybe we're not coming back (laughs) thanks for listening everybody have a good one if you would like to be a guest on the sideshow please reach out to me at www.thestuffofnightmarespodcast.show or you can reach out to me on facebook at the stuff of nightmares podcast facebook page 